What's the connection between veganism and community? Head to one West End Toronto neighborhood and you'll find out. Class, culture, and virtue signaling all play a role. Jasmine Ratch will break it down in this episode of Same Difference. I came across this scene three years ago, walking home from work one night in October. I worked at a rowdy bar called Dog and Bear, and I had just moved to the area. And this wasn't a band. It was a guy who had just sat down at a piano sitting at Queen Street West in Dufferin. And as he played, people started to join in and sing along. I'm a sucker for the little things, and it made me fall hard for my new neighborhood. I'm Jasmine Ratch, and I've lived here in Parkdale since that October, three years ago. I moved here by fluke. It just so happened that the first affordable apartment I found was right on Queen and Jameson, and that's where most of Parkdale's action happens. You've probably been stuck in a traffic jam or driven past a bunch of construction. Since the first exit into the city off the Gardner is Jameson Avenue. Maybe you can picture the basketball games or the pigeon parties that happen there. Since I've lived here, I've learned a lot about Parkdale. And there is still a lot to learn. We know it as Little Tibet, as a little bit rough around the edges, and as Toronto's latest hipster hub in the West End. Parkdale's also known for its community rallying power, and you've probably heard about the many protests that have happened lately. A group of Parkdale residents is angry over back-to-back rent increases. They believe the company that owns the building are protesting against their landlord this morning. Now, if this sounds familiar, you're not mistaken. Back in 2017, about affordable housing, particularly here in Parkdale. Now, today is National Housing Day, and that is why the Parkdale eviction resistance buildings are refusing to pay their rent until something's done about the poor quality of the maintenance of their units. And two years ago, Parkdale went viral for this weird new thing that had popped up called Vegandale, a group of four businesses that got a lot of attention because of what people have called moral messaging. The words not your mother, not your milk headline their vegan ice cream shop's menu. And the Vegandale Brewery offers morality on tap with a blindfolded Lady Liberty holding the scales of justice on every beer bottle and glass. They also have imaging on their website with a reimagined Parkdale strip featuring only Vegandale shops and a street sign that reads Vegandale. And when they announced the Vegandale Food Festival, they said since they couldn't be contained to one city block, they're packing up and taking over the world this new vegan brewery in Parkdale today. This is one of three new vegan places opening up in this neighborhood. But while businesses are booming, there's a growing backlash against the vegan movement in this community. In a short walk through the neighborhood, the name Vegandale appears more than Parkdale. 
This isn't an issue of veganism versus any other dietary choice. It's an issue of co-opting the spirit and the name of a community uh, in order to make money. I want to make it clear, we are not rebranding Parkdale. What we are, when we say Vegandale, we're just referencing our locations. We're not referencing Parkdale. Parkdale will always be Parkdale. Parkdale is a great neighborhood in Trino. It's vibrant, it's diverse, it's, it's perfect. That's Helen McVinson DePaul. He's the owner of the four businesses in Parkdale that make up Vegandale. Hellenic is a refugee who actually grew up on Earls Court Avenue, just north of Parkdale. I thought I'd track him down to rehash all the beef that Vegandale was facing. <laughs> That's the first of a few upcoming puns, so apologies in advance. I wanted to ask him if he thinks Vegandale belongs in Parkdale. I had read scores of articles and interviews online, but that clip that you just heard was the only place where I found him. The argument is so one-sided, and surely he must have had more to say. And boy, I was right. This guy was intimidating before I even had his contact information. I sent a nervous call out to an unspecific Vegandale media rep email address, and I got a quick response from Hellenic's communications director named Jenna, and she told me that he would need to do a pre-screening phone call before the interview. She also forwarded me a paragraph that he had written in response. This is part of what it said. The narrative of belonging to the community is rooted in age-old racist narratives. Immigrant business owners should not seek a sense of belonging or partake in a stereotypical narrative set forth by a predominantly white media and by white people. They should judge their success not by how they belong in the community, but rather by how profitable they are. Any business owner that tells you they don't want more money is either lying to you or lying to themselves. Whoa, I hadn't even asked him a question yet. And did he just tell me the whole concept for my entire episode is rooted in racism? Now I'm seriously nervous for our call. And so I prepare this long list of questions just in case. I make a, a makeshift studio in my room and Hellenic joined our Zoom call the very minute it began. But it only took one more minute for him to say, This is an off the record conversation, right? <sighs> we talked for an hour and nine minutes and I couldn't use any of it. He also asked me who would be interviewing him and how many white people are on my podcast team. He refused to be interviewed by a white person at all, and I've never been so thankful to be half Indian. It set the scene for a conversation that would really be about race, and that wasn't exactly my plan, but that's definitely how it played out. I think Parkdale is very interesting, and I think there's a lot of conversation around Parkdale. Um, if you look at the latest government statistics, I think it says it's about 50% of visible minorities and 50% whites. And I think uh, the only thing both of those groups, I think, have in common is that most of them tend to be uh, the working class. As I said, Hellenic focuses on race right away. And race remains at the root of our conversation, although I do think that it might not have been the focus of the campaign against Vegandale. Unfortunately, it was pretty much the only focus of our 81-minute talk. A lot of the organizations that have been there for decades are still being run by white people. And I, I find that problematic because... No matter how much white people want to learn about uh, multiculturalism or immigrants or visible minorities, white people don't have the lived experience of being uh, a minority. You know, first off, they had a community forum, and I, if anyone ever look at the pictures or videos, it is like 80, 90% white. Of course it is. White people getting together. And, you know, they actually voted. So white people led Back by in 2018, 
A forum was held in Parkdale, and people voted on a list of demands they made for Hellenic to adjust the way that he conducts business. And, and then, but the problem is they said, hey, your moral messaging is offensive to the people in the community, to especially to the cultural people in the community and the communities of color and whatnot. What I hear is that, are you then saying people of color, minorities, and Black people cannot comprehend a, a message of morality and what is wrong to eat animals? The demand he's talking about here is for him to remove all moral imperative messaging. Here is part of what it said, courtesy of my fellow Parkdalian, Emma Druckmann. This moral imperative excludes resident voices, community-based organizations, and interfaith groups that have been organizing around community principles that guide local coalition building and social justice work. This moral imperative is currently allowing people who are economically motivated to discuss the exploitation of animals while dismissing the systematic... Okay, so it might be a little wordy. Feel free to go back about five or six seconds to hear it all again. But I'm not sure if it had the same racist undertones that Hellenic is mentioning. You now have the media calling them the community. So a lot of, a lot of people in the media always refer, they're like, hey, the community backlash. Don't write community backlash, write white people got together in a park and made some demands on an, on an immigrant-run business. Write mm-hmm. that. But do you think that part of the reason why it was mostly, or all white people who presented you with their issues with Vegandale is because white people in Parkdale don't have to deal with whatever language barriers and this constant yeah. systemic oppression of them trying to get jobs and housing. So uh, white people, of course, are going to be the ones to speak up first about a specific restaurant they don't like. And white people are always going to be the ones to vocalize something first. But that doesn't necessarily mean that people of color and immigrants don't also care, but they just might not be at the forefront of the argument. Um. That's a really good point. What's the question you're asking me? I'm just giving you that point, and and around half the people in Parkdale are white people. So with that in mind, of course, there are more white people complaining about Vegandale than not white people. A hundred percent right. So even though we're on two different sides of this debate, Hellenic seems to agree with everything I say, and it it kind of makes the conversation go in circles. White people get to speak out about Vegandale because they're not facing real problems. Not real problems. They, obviously, they have, they have real problems as well. Like you said, you're an immigrant in Canada. You're trying to learn the language. Unfortunately, Hellenic's emphasis on race has seriously colored his understanding of the conversation, and it's really all and he can talk about. Looked at how we're looked at by white people, I just... But maybe if your business was more accessible to immigrants in the area, that there would be more of commentary from those people. Oh, correct. So that's an interesting point. My, my, you nailed it. You said my business is accessible. Actually, I said the opposite of to that. To people in the community. That means I would have to lower my prices. No, no. no other way to make it more accessible. I don't think that you should lower your prices. I do think that as a business owner's perspective, there are plenty of people who can afford to go to eat at Vegandale. And there's yeah. no reason why you should lower your prices. Ingredients are expensive. I understand. But... I do think that, and it's a reality that we both know, that there, there are white people going to Vegandale and immigrants that we're talking about aren't the people going to Vegandale. They can't afford to. And I'm not saying that that is something that you should change, but I'm saying that that is something that obviously plays a factor in the people who are voicing their concerns about your business because they're the people who are familiar with your business are white people. It's a very racist thing to think that, that we're not supported by communities of color. We are. For anyone who wants to think that Vegandale is anti-immigrant is is playing into a racist rhetoric that immigrants cannot be vegan. It's very racist. Yeah, but the but the immigrants that we're talking about in Parkdale are not the ones who can afford to go to Vegandale. 
Whether, so let's just say hypothetically, I remove my Vegandale branding and marketing, and I'm going to put out a heart sign that says, I love Parkdale. That doesn't make it more accessible. They still can't afford the $15, $20 burger. It doesn't make it more accessible, but it makes it more inclusive. Oh, I'm not concerned about being inclusive. That's not a, a concern. And this right here is the crux of our debate. The people of Parkdale, whatever color they are, have made it clear that they care about others and their feelings. And Hellenic, I guess like any other lucrative business owner, does not. And I just can't figure it out. And again, Hellenic doesn't seem to care. Vegandale branding has not oppressed you or anyone or taken away their rights. There is an aspect of Parkdale that everything is, how can we be inclusive to the community because it is so diverse? First off, I... Let's clear up the misconception. We've never called anyone immoral. The media spins it like that. We've always said, is the action to not consume animals Although he says that they've never called anyone immoral, it's hard not to pick up a certain message in a brewery that advertises morality on tap with options like the Irish Dry Shining Example Stout, the Morally Superior IPA, or the See the Light Lager. You're right. It's inflammatory. I do. We do it on purpose. There's no hiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anyone who's met me know that those thoughts are real. I, I legitimately think, you know, have those views. And people's feelings are not relevant. And I don't think it should be. And I, why should I be concerned about people's feelings when there are billions of animals literally being killed when they don't have to be? But Vegandale is just meters away from one of Toronto's tent cities, where people are homeless and struggle with mental health issues and addiction. And to me, drinking a morally superior IPA in such proximity to the poverty that Hellenic himself wants the community to stop romanticizing, it seems off, even if it is in the name of animal rights. For people who want to have a discussion with Vegandale, then go talk to the guy next to me who's selling steaks for $90. Once you're done talking to all those white business owners selling products that are unaffordable to the public, you can come talk to me, you know? Well, I think other businesses that have high prices are marketed that they are sourced locally, that these communities are supporting local businesses, which will then in turn circulate that wealth. And it's not that Vegandale isn't doing that, but it's that Vegandale in its marketing completely contradicts that effort to work with the community to work together. Correct. I don't have a problem with working with the community, but I'm not going to work with a group led by white people. The problem was, is, and always, Vegandale marketing and branding. Vegandale has not oppressed you or taken away your rights in Yeah, we're really going in circles now. Hellenic uses this line seven times in our entire interview. So I've been generous and I have left it in twice. That's a ridiculous argument to say that small businesses are gentrifying Parkdale. And you nailed it. The problem is the Vegandale branding. And I have, I take no issue with that. So do you think that Vegandale is attracting those same white people who seem to dominate these narratives they don't really know much about? Oh, 100%. Uh, so, you know, so, uh, some of the backlash we get is, hey, you know, Vegandale attracts white hipsters into the neighborhood who are mostly white. And to those people, I say, yes, I am. You know, white people statistically have more disposable income than any other group. When I open a business, a large part of that is how can I make money and how can I survive? And now you're arguing, well, you're bringing white people into a low-income neighborhood. Cool. The other option then is I could be about one of those 150 businesses that are, that have a four lease sign. You know? So from that standpoint, you're taking a you're you're a business owner, and that's the perspective you're taking, and you're engaging in these conversations because people have asked you to. 
I deeply regret engaging in the conversation with Parkdale Land Trust. And with that, I should have just said, hey, go fuck yourself. I don't owe you anything. I should have just said that. You can put that on record. Um, you know, I. How did we get here? If I had more time, I'd find as many business owners as I could and see what they think. Because for someone who has such a distaste for white people speaking for the entire community, he also did a lot of speaking for an entire community. Someone who buys a house and it, the house has eight tenants in it and it's a rooming house and if they get kicked out, they're on the street and they're literally in a homeless shelter. And that person goes and then they want to convert it into some big mansion and live there themselves. And they kick those people out legally. Yeah, we can decry them as a bad actor, but that person is, just didn't do anything illegal. They do something immoral, maybe. But I mean, that's not how we... This is a white girl named Jane structural and the problems are fixable and the problems are policy-based. She actually sounds a lot like Hellenic, doesn't she? Jane has lived in Parkdale for nine years, and if you ask me, the color of her skin shouldn't stop her from engaging in important conversations about things that she cares about in her community. And Jane has a lot of things to say about the place where she lives, but I'm not sure if that means she's pulling a white savior move. You've probably never heard her speak, but Jane is the brain behind Parkdale Life, a Toronto-famous Instagram account. You know, it's the one with pages and pages of wacky raccoon posts, pictures of garbage on fire, and some very weird homemade signs. All in Parkdale, of course. One of my favorites is a lost indoor fish sign, last seen at King and Dunn, answers to Snuggums, and probably looking for water. Jane recently donated the entire account and its almost 56,000 followers to the Parkdale Community Food Bank. But her favorite posts are all still there if you need a laugh. Do you have any favorite content? I think definitely one of my favorites was someone making like a barbecue out of two cinder blocks. There's like the the dominatrix um, guy eating fries in the McDonald's. Oh, there's the dancing guy, the guy who loves dancing. He's the best. I've always been hyping him up. There's definitely, God, all the things that happened in Parkdale. There's, there's a lot of stuff about like, this sounds kind of stupid, but people feeding like pigeons full meals. <laughs> Don't know what that's all about. People like filming their neighbors walking around and like singing really beautifully in the middle of the night. There's a guy who does that who just like walks up and down Tyndall and sings, but like really, really well. Um, there's stuff like that. I don't know. It's been a, it's been a long time. So what are some of your favorite places in Parkdale? Oh, um, these are just like my personal favorite places. Um, they're very, very exclusive. Uh, no frills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I go to no frills about three, four times a week. Um, oh, wow. Like that's like my therapy. Just like that. No frills is my grocery store too. And trust me when I say that is probably the craziest thing that's been said in this episode so far. Like it's just, I just like tune out. My favorite Tibetan place is this place called Garlic's Kitchen. The guy there who rents it is very sweet and they have very good chow mein. I love Mesro's. They have an amazing patio and their food is really good, which lots of people don't know that they have food. There's a place called Budget One Stop and it's like kind of like a convenience store across from Duggan's and they sell, they have a really good deal on like shea butter. That's maybe like the under the radar one. And Every time I go to Poke Sushi and get like a California roll, the woman gives me like fruit. Like she just like gives me like a peach or an apple. So that's, that's very cute. And I like that. So what made you decide to give up the account? 
I had done it for five years. Like I had done it for a long time, but it was just, you know, it's not a big deal. Like it's Instagram. It was just for fun, a fun hobby. Like we need to stop taking ourselves so seriously. You know, it was cool to see that lots of people liked it and followed it. I was as surprised as anyone that people would care about that kind of content. Like people would be so happy to like that their thing ended up on Parkdale. Like it made people so happy. And it made me happy too. People would be like, oh my God, I made it. And at one point it just stopped being fun. I started feeling like it got a little bit too big. And funny. That's kind of what happened to this episode. Like, I would just get so many DMs, people being like, post about this, post about that, like, post about this, like, missing cat, post about this, like, fundraiser or whatever. And so it got, like, just a little bit too much. And I was like, you know what? You know, I don't really want to do this anymore. Um, but not, like, bad feelings. Just, like, just I'm like, huh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. As for my Parkdale gems, I love Queen Fresh Market for ramen choice and the best consistently juicy pre-chopped watermelon. Loga's Corner has the world's best dumplings, I'm convinced. Craig's Cookies will make you cry. And Public Butter is a thrift shop slash black hole mashup where I've bought pretty much every piece of denim or leather I own. And this is why Jane and a lot of other people love Parkdale. I don't know, this is gonna, like, all the things I love about it are not really interesting or unique. There's so many, like, organizations that are led by people that are truly passionate about helping people. Beyond any sort of, like, textual, like, academic sense of community, uh, it's, you know, it's people who care about other people. And that detail right there is why Vegandale does not belong in Parkdale. And that doesn't mean that vegans or vegan restaurants, immigrants, or small businesses don't belong in Parkdale. But the I don't care about feelings stance is not a rare one for a business owner. Hellenic is just a lot more vocal about it. And it's the clash of his non-inclusive business model and his feelings as an immigrant that confuses me the most. White people should always make room for minority voices, but does that also mean that white people can't participate outwardly in those conversations without looking like, well, assholes? Is Hellenic just seeing a racial tone in all this that isn't there or that was never meant to be there? Or is it there within the 109 articles about him or the countless online conversations about him in the racism of people, of individuals who, without a doubt, are guilty of what Hellenic is telling me? Of course it's there, and Parkdale needs more representation. I think it knows that, but it won't get there with any help from a business like Vegandale. And it's been weird to watch as that Lady Liberty I mentioned balances animal rights so high over the heads of people in the community, whether they're white, brown, black, or purple.
Oh, just added to the list of cool Toronto neighborhoods I need to check out. Thanks to Jasmine Ratch for being our little travel journalist. And thanks to our executive producer, Emily Morantz, associate producer, Manuela Vega, artwork by Ben Shelley, theme music composed by John Powers. I've been your host, Gracie Bryson. And of course, shout out to Amanda Capito, a slice of vegan cheese. And remember, fitting in is overrated. <laughs>